Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. And by Vortex Optics with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to our show, number 967. We're doing our show live on the 31st of December, and for our final show of 2023, we thought we'd air an audio postcard mini-marathon with three postcards, starting with one that answers the question, where's Gino, as we continue to follow the exploits of an intrepid birder nearing the end of his big year. Good morning, Ray. It's Gino Ellison. I'm in Gilbert, Arizona, and we're listening to Curve Bill Thrasher this morning. Ray, my total birds for the year are 798, and it's December 29th. I have a couple more days to try and hit 800, so I'm hoping that'll happen. All right, Ray, you take care. I hope all your listeners are doing well. Well, we hope so too, Gino. And you clearly are doing well with your big year. We look forward to hearing a final tally of Gino's 2023 North American big year effort very soon. And now, about 1,200 miles north northwest of Gino's spot. Let's hear from a member of our Talking Birds team, just west of Portland, Oregon. Hi, everybody. It's Freya McGregor here. I'm not sure if you can hear all the squawking and wailing of these birds over the sound of the ocean, but I am at Haystack Rock, which is a giant haystack-looking rock uh, right on the edge of the beach at Cannon Beach in Oregon. And Haystack Rock is famous because it's very, very steep and tall and tufted puffins, among other birds, nest on it. And I've been standing here for about half an hour. Lots and lots of common mures. Um, They're kind of penguin-looking birds. Uh, They're related to puffins. Lots and lots of them. Lots of gulls that I haven't uh, spent any effort trying to figure out because gulls aren't my strong suit. And then Finally, finally, uh, an all-black bird flew in, but its little orange feet were dangling down underneath it as it landed. Bingo. And it turned, once it landed, it turned and looked at me with a big white face and a giant orange bill and very pale yellow feathers uh, kind of artfully curled around its face. Oh yeah, and of course as soon as I saw it, there were three other tufted puffins right where it landed as well. I just hadn't seen them yet, so pretty excited about that. All right, (laughs) bye. Thank you, Freya. And a shout out to our friends Hannah Bushert and Eric Ostrander, two great birders who operate the Seabreeze Court Hotel there at Cannon Beach. All right, we'll conclude our audio postcard mini-marathon with something completely different from an indoor location in Long Beach, Mississippi. Good morning, Ray and Talking Birds listeners. 
You won't hear any birds in the background of today's audio postcard unless there's a wayward house sparrow that got into the grocery store. This is Jim Randolph calling today to emphasize the importance of being plastic-free to the extent that we can. One easy place to do that is in a market such as this. I'm in the produce department, and I'm picking out lemons, but I'm not putting them in a plastic bag. I figure if I can get them from the bin to the shopping cart to the checkout and to my reusable shopping bag, what use do I have of a plastic bag? And I carry multiple reusable shopping bags and almost never take one of the store's plastic bags. Good birding, all. Good birding to you, Jim, and good for you, too, with that plastic bag avoidance uh, that you are doing so scrupulously. Well, if you're looking at birds at the beach, on the trail, or maybe in the supermarket looking for house sparrows, get your phone there, your smartphone or digital recording device. Make a little audio postcard. Just describe what you're seeing for maybe 30 seconds to a minute, and then just send the fail of the file to Ray at Talking Birds. Dot com. That's Ray at TalkingBirds.com for your audio postcard. The sweet and dulcet sounds of our mystery bird. This is a preview of the contest coming along later in the show, getting you ready for it now with the sound of the bird and some clues. Our mystery bird is a large, dull brown or grayish-brown chicken-like species with a small head, a long white-tipped tail, long strong legs, and a patch of bare red skin on the throat. Our bird, which is found mostly in Mexico and Central America, reaches the U.S. only in southern Texas, feeds on vegetation and insects, often foraging clumsily along tree branches, and gets its name from its call. That's our mystery bird, and we have some wonderful prizes, as usual, in our mystery bird contest. Birding is a wildlife, but you don't have to sacrifice style for comfort when out in the field. That's why we're happy that one of today's prizes is a $25 gift certificate for Bird Collective, a one-stop shop for vintage-inspired apparel and unique accessories, all featuring birds. You can learn more at Bird Collective. Dot com. They have everything from hats to home goods, from blankets to books. By the way, Bird Collective has donated more than $100,000 for bird conservation, including, for example, preserving grasslands in upstate New York for short-eared owls and other threatened birds, and creating early successional habitat for golden-winged warbler and Kirtland's warbler in the Great Lakes Region, so they're doing good stuff in addition to having good stuff. Take a little sip here. That is delicious coffee. It's the coffee that keeps yours truly sharper than he might otherwise have been here on our show. It's Birds and Beans coffee, shade grown, bird friendly, and really delicious. Grown under the natural forest canopy in Central America to preserve wintering habitat for warblers and tanagers and thrushes and hummingbirds and more of the birds that we all love. That's our other prize today, a big 12-ounce bag of birds and beans coffee on our Mystery Bird Contest, and we'll be doing the actual thing, the actual contest, uh, just a little bit later on. Conservation Clean Air News of the Week. 
In Washington, the House has approved a bill that would block strict new tailpipe pollution limits. A rule proposed by the EPA would require that up to two-thirds of new vehicles sold in the U.S. are electric by 2032 and would set strict tailpipe emissions limits for the 2027 through 2032 model years. The EPA says it is not imposing an EV mandate, but House Republicans say the plan favors EVs and punishes gas engines, forcing Americans into cars and trucks they can't afford, even though it's been clearly shown that EVs can cost less than a gasoline car over the ownership period, mostly because of their fuel and maintenance costs being dramatically lower than those of internal combustion cars. Well, this bill to block pollution limits now goes to the Senate, where it is considered unlikely to advance. Meanwhile, people are buying electric cars, bill or no bill, as evidenced maybe most clearly by the following. For the first time ever, an electric-powered vehicle has become the best-selling car in the world. The car is the pure electric Tesla Model Y, According to the latest available industry auto data, the Model Y has surpassed the Toyota RAV4 and the Toyota Corolla to top global sales. Total Model Y sales now at 2.16 million vehicles. That's a big deal. One other electric car note worth mentioning is that Zipcar, the car sharing service that operates in 25 U.S. states and D.C., as well as Canada and the U.K., has just added electric vehicles to their fleet in numerous cities across North America. We're happy to be able to salute another Talking Birds ambassador. Ambassadors are listeners who have stepped up to help us uh, do what we're trying to do, which is simply to get the word out about the wonder of birds and the importance of conservation. And we say thank you to Deb from Illyria, Ohio, nestled at the two forks of the Black River, just about six miles from Lake Erie. Thank you, Deb. Talking Birds listeners, will you help us end the year on an up note by becoming a Talking Birds ambassador, as Deb has done? Just click on the Get Involved tab at TalkingBirds.com to do it. And meanwhile, here's another ambassador sharing his thoughts about being part of the Talking Birds ambassador's family. My name is Thomas Orfan, and I'm calling from Colorado Springs, Colorado. I look forward every week to learning and laughing with Ray on Talking Birds, and I'm always excited to share that experience with someone else. All listeners should become Talking Birds ambassadors, because the only thing better than getting to listen to the show every Sunday is getting to tell people what they're missing out on. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassador's family at TalkingBirds.com. Join today, and thanks. And thanks, Thomas. And still to come today, we'll learn about some new and fascinating bird behavior research involving crows and jays and delayed gratification when we talk with our Debbie Bleacher in the Talking Birds Science Corner. Also today, Mike O'Connor will join us for Let's Ask Mike Live, and Mike will kind of offer some help on how to employ some of those bird-themed gifts you may have received on the holidays. And up next, a tiny songbird with a technique that keeps it warm in the coldest weather. 
is today's featured feathered friend. Today's featured feathered friend is the common red pole, a small finch of the boreal forest and arctic tundra that migrates erratically, sometimes showing up in the winter in big numbers through much of the lower 48. Common red poles have a chubby look with a tiny yellow bill, a black throat and chin, and a red forehead patch. The dark brown of the wings and tail, along with the brown streaking of the nape, back, breast, and flanks, are offset by a whitish belly. Males have a pinkish-red vest on the chest and upper flanks, with very little streaking. Females lack that rosy hue and are heavily streaked on the breast and flanks. Common redpolls often feed upside down, hanging from small branches, and sometimes using their feet to hold food items. They've been observed feeding each other by passing seeds from conical bill to conical bill. In common with blue jays, red poles have a specialized pocket in their esophagus that provides them with kind of an in-flight cupboard for storing seeds. This seed stockroom is a key to their frigid weather survival, as is their use of thermal regulation, often conserving body heat by sleeping in snow tunnels during long winter nights. During big eruption years, common red poles often provide close-up views from kitchen windows as they congregated bird feeders stocked with black oil sunflower seed or thistle, a.k.a. niger seed. They'll eat from tube, hopper, and platform feeders and on the ground. And they sound like this. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend, Acanthus flammeus, the common red pole. Welcome again to our show, number 967. As we now pay a visit to the Talking Birds Science Corner. Come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Ray. So tell us about this new research into how crows and jays behave when there's competition for food. Sure. A study in Cambridge, England shows that new Caledonian crows and Eurasian jays handle delayed gratification differently when other birds are watching them get food treats. So delayed gratification, that's kind of when you're willing to wait for something you want. Oh, right. You've heard of the marshmallow test? Yes, but give us a reminder of how that works. Typically, there's a young kid seated at a table in front of a marshmallow on a plate. An experimenter tells the kid that she'll get two marshmallows in a few minutes if she doesn't eat that one. Then the experimenter leaves the room. Uh Some kids eat that marshmallow right away, but other kids can wait and get two. The ones who wait are employing delayed gratification. Okay, so the researchers tried this on birds. Right. They put a new Caledonian crow or a Eurasian jay in a room with a round tray. Think of the tray like the luggage conveyor at an airport baggage claim. It rotates, bringing the things on it through a small door into the room. Mm -hmm. At the airport, you can't see the ground crew toss your bag onto the conveyor, but here the bird can see what's being put on the tray because there's a window. So the bird knows, "Eh, okay, a piece of apple, that's a decent treat. 
or yay, a mealworm. I really yeah. want that. Yeah, yeah. So a low value treat versus a high value treat. Right. So the experimenters help the birds learn that if they don't take that low value treat, they'll get a high value treat in a little while. And if they take the low value treat, there will be no high value treat. Like the kids who pass up one marshmallow now so they can have two marshmallows later. Exactly. Both the crows and the jays have the ability to wait for that second treat when they're alone. But when the experimenters introduced another bird, they behaved differently. Really? How so? When the Eurasian jays saw another bird through a little door in the room, they immediately grabbed the low-value treat instead of waiting. But when the crows saw another bird, they didn't seem to care. They waited for the high-value treat anyway. Wow. So why would they react differently? They're both, both smart birds, both corvids. The researchers were surprised, too. Hmm. They think this result could be consistent with each species' behavior in the wild. New Caledonian crows live in family groups, but Eurasian jays are territorial. So the jays might be more inclined to think of other birds as competition. And while both species hide food for later, crows don't rely on it for survival, and jays do. Mm -hmm. So if you were a crow, it might not matter to you if another bird grabbed your treat, because that bird is someone you know, and you'll all go out foraging later together anyway. But if you were a jay, that bird could be a stranger who'll grab your stuff and chase you off your territory. A very different situation. And very interesting. So what's the significance, would you say, of the research? I can think of two kinds. First, it adds to our understanding of social tolerance in birds, which matters as habitat declines and more species get crammed together. Mm -hmm. Second, it involves treats. Who doesn't like treats? Good point. Thanks, Debbie. You're welcome, Ray. Debbie Bleacher there in the Talking Birds Science Corner. Bring it home, fellas. Up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. There's a kind of name-saying mystery bird. Use a little imagination there, I guess, for the name. It's a large, dull brown or grayish-brown chicken-like species with a small head, a long, white-tipped tail, long, strong legs, and a patch of bare red skin on the throat. Our bird is found mostly in Mexico and Central America, but reaches the U.S. in southern Texas, pretty much, feeding on vegetation and insects, often foraging clumsily along tree branches. Gets its name 
from its call. That would be our mystery bird. Tell us what it is or take a guess because no correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner of beautiful prizes, including a $25 gift certificate for Bird Collective for all kinds of vintage-inspired apparel and unique accessories, all featuring birds and items from hats to home goods, blankets to books. And our other prize is a big bag of that delicious, shade-grown, bird-friendly, birds and beans coffee grown under the natural forest canopy to preserve wintering habitat for birds. Prizes there, and we'll have a bonus prize as well if we get to our bonus question this morning. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. As always, please call us as soon as you possibly can. We're getting close to the end of the show already, so call us as soon as possible. Give us your definitive answer or your guess at 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. Up next, Mike O'Connor. It's Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. What's one of your favorite memories? <laughs> That's a tough question. Um, well, there was this one time I went camping with my parents in a forest back when I was maybe like eight or nine. And, um... I can remember one night we were in our hammocks and we were just, you know, watching the trees rustling in the wind above us and we could hear the sounds of the forest all around us. Frogs singing and owls calling and the creek running nearby. It was amazing. It felt like we were a part of it all. I don't know if I do it justice trying to describe it, but I'll definitely never forget it. Most of us have a memory of being in nature we'll never forget. Let's protect the world's natural places so more memories can be made for generations to come. Visit worldwildlife.org. It's Mike O'Tonner at the famous Bird Watchers General Store, Cape Cod, Massachusetts. So you got some bird-related things for Christmas? Mike is here to tell you how to employ them. Good morning, Mike. Oh, yeah, good morning, Ray. And uh, first of all, shout out to Dr. Jim and his uh, no plastic bag, no extra bag thing at the grocery store. That was awesome. Good for him. Yeah, good for Jim. Yes, putting those lemons uh, in the basket and then, uh, you know, then taking taking them home in your bag instead of using, you know, three more plastic bags along the the way. I know. If we just got into some bad habits, good for him, Mm -hmm. Jim, helping us break it. Indeed. Mm -hmm. So we know the bird feeders, let me see if I got this right, Go, go outside. Um, binoculars uh, <laughs> until you use them maybe inside? Is that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What else? You can use them both places. Just remember which end to look through. That's, that's the key right which, there. Which end? Well, you can tell me later which end it is. <laughs> All right. A lot of people got new bird stuff for Christmas, and if you got a feeder and you're putting it out for the first time, a couple of words of advice. First of all, if you have other feeders and this is a new feeder, you got to be a little bit patient. The birds, just like people, tend to eat in the same spot. We all eat at the same place at the dinner table every night or wherever. And the birds are used to going to your old feeders. So you put out a new feeder, they're going to be suspicious, and they'll go to what's new and what's proven to be safe. So sometimes I let people tell tell them to let their old feeders run down so the birds are forced to explore something new and something different. So let the other feeders go empty, and then the birds will go to the new feeder. If putting out the feeder for the first time, it's advisable for the bird safe to put it as close. Seems n- not like good advice, but it is. Put mm-hmm. it as close to your house as you can. 
people at the you know that uh, have all this research on birds striking windows, the closer the within three feet close to a window is a lot safer than one ten feet away. Because when the birds get startled or scared, they fly crazy yeah. and they go to the dark places or the reflection of the sky on your windows, and they hit the window. But if it's really close, they realize the glass is there and they go the opposite way. So actually, yeah. do it <clears throat> closer to the window. Sounds counterintuitive, but it makes sense when you when you yeah, think about yeah, it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. When you're putting out your feeder for the first time, here's something that's counterintuitive for the whole world. Don't use mixed bird seed. Everybody <laughs> loves that. It's never been any good, and it mm-hmm. still isn't. I've been yelling this for 40 years, and not one person has listened to me. But single ingredients, particularly sunflower seed, is the way to go. That's what the birds eat. You put it in a mixture. They pick out what they don't like. You end up with a mess on the ground. Stick with one seed particularly sunflower seed, that's for sure. Yeah. If you've got a birdhouse for Christmas, when do you put it up? Put it out now. Why not? If the weather's decent, go out there and put it out. The birds will use them in the winter sometimes for roosting to get out of the cold, and they'll get used to it being out there. And so when it comes to nesting season, they March or April, depending where you live, they'll already be accustomed to it, and they're more likely to use it. If you wait till the spring, you forget where it is. You don't put it out till like, May or June, then it's too late. Put it out now if you can. If you got a bird bath, a heated bird bath, the same thing applies. Put it close to the window so you can see it and maintain it. And the birds protect it. Oh my God, time to go right That music go. is too loud. Sorry uh, about that. Yeah. By the way, we just got a call, Mike. Uh, someone called and said they are listening to you. That was our. Uh, there's one person finally, there. Finally, yeah. someone's listening. That's where it starts with one. Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. Let's go watch Guy Lombardo tonight. I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. <laughs> oh, yes. The Royal, is it the Royal Canadians or is it? Yeah, I think it is the Royal, is it the Royal Canadians, I think. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. All right. Talk to you next week, Mike. Happy New Year. Okay. <laughs> All right. Back to the Mystery Bird Contest. Uh, one more time at 781-837-4900. Trying to identify this large dull brown or grayish brown chicken-like species that uh, clumsily um, hangs out. Uh, in trees. Let's go to Deb in the city of Champions, Brockton, Massachusetts. Good morning, Deb. Hello, Deb. No, no, this is Jen. Oh, it's Jen. Okay, sorry about that, Jen. Um, Yeah, so uh, what do you think, Jen, on the uh, mystery bird there? Um, Is it a plain chachalaca? A plain chachalaca is what I think I heard you say, which would be the correct answer. Nice going. Yes. Have you ever yeah. seen one of those, uh, Jen? They're pretty wild birds. They're kind of crazy. They, uh, they. Uh, I've been dive bombed by by playing chachalacas. It's an interesting oh. experience. <laughs> anyway, um, we have time for a bonus question if you'd like to try it. All right, I'll give it a shot. All right, this is just kind of random. So it's just you, you, you know, it's just kind of, kind of, kind of random. But what, just for fun here, which of the following is not? A chachalaca species, because there are a lot of other ones besides the plain chachalaca, which is not a chachalaca species. A, the rufous-bellied chachalaca. B, the speckled chachalaca. C, the spotted chachalaca. Or D, the choco chocolate. chachalaca. I'll say the spotted. The spotted is the one that is not real. I don't know how you knew that, but you did. Yeah. I thought we really threw you a curveball there with the Chaco Chacalaca because that sounds kind of made up, but it's actually a real, a real species, but not the spotted 
Chachalaca. There's all these other ones, the Rufus Vented, the Colombian, the East Brazilian, the Chestnut Headed, and many others all uh, south of the border. But uh, nice work, uh, nice work there, Jen, on both counts with the mystery bird and the bonus question. So if you'll stand by, Jesse will get uh, your info there and send you some nice prizes. Beautiful. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Jen, and Happy New Year. Same to you. Thank you. We are just about out of time for our show this morning. I'm in a little announcement here, and though that is, we need the trumpet of swan here. That's because our newsletter we call the Trumpeter. Yeah, we publish that electronically from time to time. You'll find it at TalkingBirds.com. You can listen to it and or subscribe to it right there. And one more note, and that is to invite you to join our Patreon. It's a great way to support our show, to keep it going, and we'll send you some really nice perks uh, in return as our little thank you. You can go to Patreon.com slash TalkingBirds to find out all about it. That's patreon.com slash talkingbirds or just go to talkingbirds.com you can get to it that way as well thanks to our amazing talking birds team debbie bleacher Fray mcgregor and our producing engineer jesse wilkins i'm ray brown happy new year and see you next week ray brown's talking birds Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. And by Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com.